0: A little bit honest, some sh** up. <laughs> I haven't raced for a few months. Hey, podcast listener, you're listening to the Semi Pro Cycling Podcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss all the issues that cyclists talk about. Whether you're out training, commuting, or just riding around, sit down and listen in because we're about to begin. I got something to say, man. Yo ho. Welcome to episode 22 of the Semi-Pro Cycling Podcast, where we believe that a semi-pro cyclist only uses a saddlebag in training. If you stick around to the end, I'll fill you in on the quote from the top of the show and let you know who is scared shitless. A reminder that I have put up a course with the most popular episodes delivered to your inbox over one month. You can sign up by going to semiprocycling.com and clicking on the banner on the right hand side. Thank you very much. And the news, well, not a lot of news this week. It is a bit dry. It's the off season. So all I'm going to say is, Tomorrow, people, let up. Entries open tomorrow. You can go via my link on my website, but I'm sure a Google search would just be much easier. Get in there. There is only one this year, so there is not going to be a lot of entries. I don't want to put the urgency hype attached to this, but I'm going to be there clicking and trying to get an entry for as cheap as possible because I know if I miss out then my next option is going to a tour agent and they're going to charge three, four, five times as much. These are the typical sounds of before, during and after an ergo workout. Ergo workouts are hard, intense, and mentally draining. So, why do we do it? For some, it's because we have no choice. There's snow on the ground and there is chill in the air. Others, like myself, find the focused and clinical nature of fixed training environments conductive to just getting it done. Let me be the first to say that there is no substitute for the feeling of riding on the road. It's why we do it, right? But there's times when a trainer is the best option for training, miserable weather or not. I've covered one example of this in episode 15, but today I'm not talking about workouts. I'm talking about the experience, the experience offered by indoor trainers and now software and whether these factors alone can make training easier and more efficient. So what do I mean by easy and efficient? Easier does not mean less effort. It's still about doing the work. So there are no shortcuts to victory. We must commit ourselves to the slow, painstaking work of training day by day and year by year. I'm not trying to bullshit my way through here, but the idea of making your indoor training easier is rooted in your perception of how hard a workout is. Ergo training is always been a mental drain for me. I you know, I've mentioned in the past that my motivation to get through the Tuesday hour of power was knowing how much I would gain from ergo training, but the hour definitely takes it out of me and I would say just as much as a 4 or 5 hour ride on the road. Looking at ways to hack this should yield positive results. The concentration and effort needed to push outside your comfort zone drains your brain juice. If we use the rating of perceived exertion, RPE, on the original scale, which is 6 to 20, to measure our mental input against a data-driven output, specifically what I'm talking about here is power, I can judge whether a workout is easier and or more efficient. In reality... If we were to judge two things done under different conditions, easy and efficient could look like this. So easy, lowering RPE with a similar data output would mean that the workout is perceived as being easier. Efficient, maintain RPE and increase data output, and training is more efficient. I'm not about to run off and do a scientific experiment to prove these hypotheses, but It simply gives us a way of comparing the options of indoor training that I'm going to present. Some things to note here that your RPE could fluctuate due to many factors. This is more of a subjective test to yourself in helping you quantify your mental state after completing a workout. But we are going to look at consistently scoring lower based on using some of the new tools available to us. Some classic ways to reduce the rate of perceived exertion. Out on the road, this can be done by distracting ourselves by riding with other people, or smashing your mates in a spontaneous sprint or a hill climb, which is hard to replicate on the ergo. When I was a junior, we'd have these weekly winter group ergo sessions at my coach's house, and it was a great way to pass the time and meet and ride with people that you normally wouldn't ride with. Back then it was girls, I've got to admit that. But part of the problem with indoor training is also the solo boredom. Passing the time alone on the road is easier if you have music or a podcast in your earbuds. But the same goes for indoor training. Watching TV is a little too tick-the-box type of workout in my mind. There is no way you're going to get a solid workout if you're listening to a movie at the same time. Making the experience more comfortable will go a long way in making you get more from the session and having the essentials like a fan, a towel and a mat is going to offer welcome relief when it's needed as will setting the bike up so it's level because riding downhill is not going to help anyone's rating of perceived ball pain. Oh, that's a bad joke. Anyway, new ways to reduce the rate of perceived exertion. The things mentioned so far are all classic ways to reduce RPE. They aren't heavily reliant on technology, but this is the area that things, they are a change in. And I've got to admit, I bought my first and only Ergo in about 1995. That's nearly 20 years ago. It's a magnetic blackburn that's as tough as they come. I don't think it'll ever be killed, but... Saying that it's time for an upgrade and looking around at the options available today absolutely blows my mind. It inspired this episode because I believe the options today will make training easier and more efficient. While I haven't actually tried any of these systems, it's possible to see their potential. So, so let's go through three systems that are out there or soon to be released. And just to be clear here, we're looking at between 330 to a thousand US bucks of initial outlay. Not your $100 special. It is a little bit costly, but we'll go into the benefits and the value for money as we go through. In my research, of course, I came across DC Rainmaker. Everybody's got to know this guy. If they're into anything or they've looked up any type of bike or running tech, the dude is the godfather. I've got to give him credit for pointing me in the direction of these three options. So, number one, the Kinetic Kurt Road Machine. It starts at 330 bucks, depending on where you're buying it from. And this is the cheapest option I'm going to present today, but it is by far basic. And at this price point, the options include integration with third-party online training platforms with workouts. Specifically, there is one called TrainerRoad.com. They've been around for 12 months and it's a pretty exciting product that has a lot of versatility. It has the ability to estimate your virtual power when used with the Rode machine. It does this by actually knowing the resistance curve and it can predict the power to a fairly accurate degree. Because power is the measure of output that I'm basing my whole theory on, This is why it's the base level. Now, it collects all other data as well, so it collects your speed and your cadence, and it displays them live on a computer screen, as well as using workouts that they've developed themselves. There will be, I'm not sure right now, but there will definitely be potential to create your own workouts. There is also the ability to drop in Sufferfest videos and match those as actual workouts, and as your targets are set through the workout, it presents a green bar up on the left hand side and all you have to do is make sure the bar is green it's going to go red if you've dropped outside whether it's your heart rate or your wattage or whatever which makes it a lot easier and less mentally draining when you're trying to put together a workout and your brain is dying because your body is smashing itself it's 10 bucks a month I recommend checking it out, even if you do just have a simple wind or trainer like I've got currently. The benefits of having something in front of you and being able to collate your data in real time on the size of a computer screen, I think, will definitely reduce the RPE. An upgrade that you can actually make to the Kinetic is that you can attach a little unit that they've got that will read accurately your power. It's called InRide, and it's an accessory that can be bought for 200 bucks, which... I do think is a little steep, but you do get a heart rate monitor strap with it. So that kind of justifies the cost a little if you're going to spend around 100 bucks on a heart rate strap anyway. But if you've got one, then it's a waste of time. But anyway, it really does give you an accurate reading because it's feeding directly from the trainer and then pushing that data to your computer. Interesting stuff. I think that this is in itself mind blowing. When I was reading this I was like, wow, this is the absolute start of it. I uh, uh, you know, I'd be happy with just this. But it does get a little bit more funky in a good way. And number 2, the tax bushido trainer. 900 to 1000 bucks we're talking here, but what we're talking is a massive jump. So, you know, 500 bucks potentially you could be jumping, but you're moving into the realm of resistance controllable units. If that doesn't make, mean anything to you right now, I tell you, all it is is the ability to adjust the resistance from the computer program or whatever software you're running. In this case, it's in-house software. So it's not third-party software like TrainerRoad. There isn't the capability there to use any third-party software. And it's the same with the transfer protocols. So Ant Plus or Bluetooth Smart, it's a closed-off system. It's not closed off in the way that Polar is closed off, which they have their own transferred protocol. It's just Ant Plus, but you aren't allowed to add other things to it. So that is, in some ways, harming the future-proofness of it. But it is a resistance-controllable unit that does have similar functionality to Trainer Road in regards to their workout, where you can create them and you can use ones that they already have there. It goes further by having a library of rides that you can actually use with the trainer. And what I mean by a library of ride is they have videos and resistance of actual road rides that link together and control the trainers resistance depending on the terrain to make it more lifelike. This is cool. I, I've i always seen the Sufferfest videos and, and I've done my own kind of workouts and putting it all together actually having something that dictates what you're riding is pretty powerful. It's essentially just like, I love riding up hills because the workout just happens automatically. And this will be similar. It may be a little bit uncomfortable and it may not be exactly the same, but the benefits, I strongly believe in the benefits of ergo training, but I digress. Just getting back to the point here, the Tax Bush Trainer is an excellent option, but when we look at number three, it kind of falls away for a few reasons. And the third one is unreleased. It is rumored, and I believe it will happen, it will be available from January 1, 2013. It's $999. It's the Wahoo Fitness Kicker. This kicked up a storm, mind the pun, at Interbike, and for valid reasons. Now, let me break it down a little further. It's an adjustable rear-off system. It's not sticking your wheel onto a large metal spindle and then hoping for the best. I've had troubles when I've been just doing max sprints that I am actually getting slippage when I'm at pretty high wattage. It's open source in every way. So open source transfer of data between the little units that transfer, say, speed or heart rate. And they have an API, which means that you can use this data protocol to create any type of software program that may be able to use within this. It's hard to really imagine what you can use it for, because I haven't even really delved into it that far. But it transmits the data, including Ant Plus and the new Bluetooth Smart, so it's future-proof in that sense, because people are only now just getting hold of Bluetooth Smart. It's only in the iPhone 4S and new iPad, iPad Mini. It hasn't even got its place in Android yet, but it will be coming once they sort their shit out. Now, a good starting point to look at the potential of the software, because... Wahoo themselves, while they do have some apps, they're opening it up to the imagination of developers out there. And this is where the potential really gets me excited. The Trainer Road. So you can use Trainer Road on this and you can turn it up a couple of notches where it will actually control the resistance based on what you're riding. There's another app called Kino Map. It's a user driven database of real rides. So recorded via smartphones or a GoPro or whatever and linked to GPS data. People record their own rides and download these details to the website. You just go in and select a ride that you want to ride on the trainer. You watch the footage and then the resistance on the trainer is automatically adjusted based on the terrain. That is super duper crazy. It's like you could ride complete race courses that you've never even gone before before you even get to a race. There's also a development app that Wahoo and Strava put together And what I mean by development is that it's not released or it's not promised to be released, which is a bit of a bummer if it doesn't happen. Because listen to how cool this is. You go into Strava, you choose any segment, you look up the top 50 riders and choose any of the top 50 riders in that segment. And you essentially challenge that rider. No, it's not in real time, but you're challenging the data that they have in Strava. So not only does the trainer itself adjust the resistance to the segment's profile, but you can match yourself and your time and wattage and heart rate directly with the person that you want to compete with that's listed in the top 50 of Strava. I don't know about you, but that is so exciting. I think the biggest hurdle that they're coming up with is how to record this information, if that's going to go into Strava, how it's going to affect actual, real segments. But the potential of this stuff is just mind-blowing, and I think this is just the start. Of course, there aren't a lot of programs out there like Strava that we can draw from, but I'm sure that any smart cookie out there can put something together that is just going to Wow, everybody. It's so massive. I don't know how many of you are excited about this. I don't know how many of you really get into indoor training. It's kind of funny. I just see the benefits of it. I'm not someone that is from, say, the northern hemisphere that snow is a reality and you do have to spend six, eight months or whatever it is in your den doing these workouts, But just the potential is amazing. But anyway, in the excitement, I've kind of gone off topic a little bit. And let me first say I will be buying this bad boy when it comes out. And bringing it back to my theory, here is why I think it will make a difference to my indoor training sessions and essentially make them easier and more efficient. Number one, feel. Simulating climbs as steep as you can handle without the rear wheel slipping is Pretty massive to me. It's massive because it means that it's limitless in the rides that I can simulate. Number two, the integration, taking my favorite rides and plugging them into the system, plus the ability to ride calls that I can only dream of. Out the way, for example, I haven't ridden it, but I could get a pretty good idea of what it would take wattage-wise to get up that hill successfully. Now the third one is probably the most exciting to me and it's the modification of any existing ride. So imagine taking your favorite hill and being able to input repeats automatically into a program where you create a brand new version that is better than the reality where you could have like a longer warm-up section where you'd normally ride on dangerous roads to get there, or you've got to do an extra lap of the block or whatever, and you can just plug in the perfect warm-up to get you happening, and then it automatically gives you the profile of the hill, and then gives you the rest for the way down. Turn around, do it all again, plug it in five times, and then do a warm-down. I believe the new experiences offered by The Kicker and third-party apps will make sessions seem a lot easier. And I don't think it's going to be doing it by distracting the mind, but by engaging my imagination and linking it to the physical sensation similar to riding the real thing. But don't get me wrong here, for me, it's not about trying to replicate road riding per se, but offering options for maximizing what pain cave dwellers already know about indoor training, and also the potential of linking lonely riders together in sophisticated ways has me drooling with excitement. The potential that the companies like KinoMap, Road Trainer, and Wahoo are offering is staggering compared to where I've been living which actually seems to be under an indoor training rock but anyway I hope that means something to you because it means a hell of a lot to me and most definitely watch this space Getting to the tech hacks and products section, much like I did with the power meter episode, I'm going to break down three suggested indoor training rigs and these are all attainable and don't include the big boys like what Bike, etc., which Wattbike is closer to 4000 bucks, and then you just move up from there. So let's look into your den and setup and the most basic setup that you could have would be a trainer like mine now, the 100 bucks special a magnetic trainer would be my first recommendation over a wind trainer. Timing, a clock or a stopwatch, your entertainment is going to be the radio, I've done that one for years. Workouts, either your coach is going to be supplying workouts or you can go to a website like turbotraining.co.uk which has a bunch of... A bunch of really good workouts that you can just, whatever you do, write them on the wall, memorize them, whatever you need to do to make sure you do it. And a couple of extras to make life a little more comfortable are a towel, a brick, which was pretty effective for me for a long, long time, and the essentials of a drink. Now, moving to a moderate setup. You're talking, stepping it up here to fluid resistance trainer. Your timing is going to be a bike computer. Your data is going to step up as well, heart rate and estimated power like we spoke about. Entertainment moves into phone, headphones, music, podcasts, talking books, whatever you're into. Workouts, trainer road, plus Sufferfest, now you start getting into a little bit more technical. Something to... Note here, your computer, if it doesn't have the ability to collect Ant Plus data, which I don't think any computers do, or Bluetooth Smart, which newer MacBooks do, you're going to need a dongle, which is just an adapter that will take the signal and transform it into the computer. Readily available. Pretty cheap. I think I ordered one. It was $8 from DX.com. It hasn't got here yet, but I'm sure it will arrive any day now. And the most advanced setup that I see that's going to blow your mind from your current setup, depending what it is, is a trainer with controlled resistance, ability, timing, software on a computer, data, amp plus speed sensor, HR strap, external power is optional, entertainment, computer with amp plus USB stick, just like I was talking about just then. Workouts, trainer, road, Kino Maps, Strava, extras. Towel, wheel, lifter thingy, drink, mat, sweat catcher and fan. Fan is one of those things that is super important even if it's freezing. I know you know about it, but that's a quick rundown of three setups that you can get happening in your pain cave. Now, let's get to the quote from the top of the show and it's Jack Bobby Bobridge.
1: Yeah, my role would be uh coming with a you know with a um then what uh, we can get uh you know if it comes to the front of the up to the front there coming into the final stages of the um we should be you know we should be good and fit enough to to do that job quite well.
0: How can you not love this bloke? Shame he's off to Rabo. Sorry, I mean the team formerly known as Rabo. He'll be missed from the Aussie side of things, but everyone will keep an eye on him. He is a dynamic rider. He's super young, so he's got lots of time to develop. I'm looking forward to him smashing out in the future. Being the new Jero is kind of where I place him, but we get to see what he does. Maybe he'll be the new lead-out man at Rabo they got a couple of good sprinters there, don't they? That is it. So till next week, get on your bike and enjoy the pain cave or the hurt box, whichever one you're into.
1: Mike here from Wahoo. I want to show you guys a cool demo app we built to show up the power. Of the uh, Wahoo Kicker Power Trainer. So, what we did is we worked with the Strava guys to build the ability to compete virtually on any Strava segment against any Strava rider anywhere in the world. So, today, here you see a map of the United States, you see several Strava segments, you can scroll in to a specific geography and see all the Strava segments in that geography. So you have just popped up, let's say, 10 or 12 Strava segments for that location. There's probably more of them, but it's only choosing 10 or 12. If I go into Old La Honda, which I understand is one of the most famous uh, Strava segments out there, I can see the details of Old La Honda. So what I see is, I see the the Strafa segment on the map, and I also see the elevation profile of Old La Honda. The super cool thing is, I can then go in and see the top 50 riders from the KOM leaderboard on Old La Honda, and then, scroll up or down, I can see the top 50, and then let's say I want to pick one of these guys and race against them, I'm going to pick Keith, and all of a sudden I can see Keith, I can see his photo, I can see his whole Strava profile, and if I click crank it up, I can then race against Keith on Old La Honda's segment against his time, and see me... Versus him on the virtual map, map, but I can also see his stats versus my stats on any one, any part of the segment. So if I hit crank it up, we're gonna to have to stop here, but we're gonna see Keith Keller. And if I was on the kicker, I'd be pedaling, and this would be um, reading the data and see. And as you can see here, this would be my data versus Keith's data, and then on this map, I'd be able to see where I was relative to him on a Strava segment. Uh, this is super cool because all of a sudden I could spend all winter training on my favorite Strava segment so when it comes spring I could go take all the KOMs that I wanted. And um, this is our cool demo app. Um, we're working to get this um, into the mass market. We don't necessarily have uh, time on it, but we think it's a super cool app that a lot of people would love.